Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we've got two guests with us. Mike Bowden will be here representing the Marine Trawler Owners Association, and Jerry Paul with Capital Access will be here. We're going to be giving you an update on the status of legislation in Florida. Um, as most of you probably know, we've been following that for a few years. We're going to give you up-to-date information on where that stands with the current legislative session as it pertains to anchoring. Before we bring in our guests, though, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA and loopers at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, United Yacht Sales of the Carolinas, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage all of the loopers and other listeners out there to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. All right, let's go ahead and introduce Mike Bowden and Jerry Paul. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Kim, for being invited. We are going to yeah, start with... Yeah, this is Jerry uh, Paul, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to be on board with you today and, uh, and talk a little bit about what's going on here in Tallahassee. Yes, and, and thank you both for the time, um, particularly Jerry. I know it's um, in the midst of the legislative season and it's very busy for you. Um, if you've been following our information on anchoring, um, Jerry Paul is with Capital Access. He is the lobbyist that the boating industry has retained to represent our interests at Tallahassee during uh, this legislative session, and he's done this for us before. Um, so, Jerry, if you could please give us some background on the legislative attempts to date to limit anchoring in Florida. Well, thank you for that, Kim. And let me let me first say uh, thanks so much to AGLCA, uh, all of the loopers, uh, MTOA, Marine Trawler Owners Association, uh, and so many of the other associations, uh, including Southern, uh, Seven Seas Cruising Association, and uh, and many others who make our job a lot easier by bringing to bear uh, a large chorus of voices on these issues. Uh, as to background on past legislative attempts, historically, uh, quite frankly, going back to the days when I served in the Florida legislature in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, each year there seems to be some attempts to further erode the freedom that uh, cruisers and boaters have to use the public waterways, particularly for anchoring. Uh, some of that comes in the form, a fair amount of it comes in the form of waterfront property owners who move to Florida, purchase a piece of waterfront land, uh, thinking that they will enjoy the saltwater lifestyle, but in a short period of time starting to see the public waters as, uh, quote, their backyard and wanting to push uh, anchoring vessels further and further away. Uh, certainly there are other issues that drive the uh, de debate and dialogue each year, uh, derelict vessels, vessels at risk, uh, pump-out requirements. Uh, but the big one that affects the anchoring community the most is these uh, attempts to put in place arbitrary setbacks, bans, if you will, on where you can anchor. That, that's great background information. In the past couple of years, um, some legislation has been successful in passing um, that limited anchoring in certain areas. Can you fill us in on that? Well, last year during the legislative session when the various associations were not uh, represented, had not engaged uh, uh, lobbying 
services, there were a few areas carved out in the uh, uh, Lower East Coast area, Key, Bis- Key Biscayne and the um, uh, Sunset Lake and uh, area as voter-restricted areas. I believe only one of them uh, actually affected a significant anchorage area. So fortunately, some of the efforts from the prior session uh, by our associations in making the loud, strong case for preserving anchoring rights had bled over and prevented that bill from being too hostile to us. But uh, as we face a new legislative session, there is a uh, another bill, a host of bills moving forward that are in the uh, in the context of implementing a host of recommendations by the Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, which was charged with uh, studying this issue over the last several years as part of an anchoring and mooring pilot project. And so it's those new pieces of legislation this session that we're now focused on. Right, and I think that the fact that some limits, although um, it didn't have a huge impact, but some limits were passed last session was kind of a wake-up call, I think, to the recreational boating industry. Um, Mike, fill us in kind of, um, because MTOA really has taken the lead on this and brought in several other associations, including AGLCA. What kind of a difference has the involvement of this coalition of boating associations made so far this year? I believe it's made a major, major impact over it because you've got Involvement from Boat U.S., AGLCA, Financially Support, SSCA, MTOA, CF, uh, Citizens for Florida's uh, Waterways, Salty um, uh, Cruisers Net, uh, DeFever. You've got a, a large coalition of very, very active stakeholders now that are participating in the overall effect of this rather than a singular uh, organization. Previously, SSCA sponsored it themselves. But with the big change that we had last year and the um, anchoring, non-anchoring areas that were set aside, uh, it did wake us up. And with the coalition between these various organizations, we're able to put some real pressure now in the uh, state legislation. And with Jerry Paul there, uh, he's directing it as far as the leadership role. But we're providing information when he requires a specific item, we have enough people that are stakeholders in that specific area to give very, very responsible information back to him so he can go to the legislation uh, from a point of knowledge. And I do want to um, thank the members of AGLCA as well as MTOA and some of the other stakeholder associations for their contributions to the effort, which is really uh, what, abled, what enabled us to engage Jerry um, and really make a difference this year. So um, thank you all for that. Very much appreciated. Um, Jerry, you're a boater yourself, which is why this is partly near and dear to your heart, correct? Oh, that's correct. I, uh, my wife and I live aboard much of the year on a, um, formerly on a sailboat, but now on a, uh, on a trawler. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of the, the great things about Jerry representing us is he really kind of understands the issue. Um, so we've been very pleased with that. Jerry, talk about the bills filed this year. You mentioned the recommendations from the Fish and Wildlife Commission, um, which has resulted in uh, some bills being filed. So tell us about what's included in the bills for this year. 
Absolutely. Well, I got to tell you, uh, echoing the comments that Mike made a moment ago and you too, Kim, uh, the listeners on the podcast today uh, who are loopers or members of MTOA or SSCA uh, can be proud of the work that Kim and Mike have done. Uh, It's your uh, willingness and ability to organize and bring together uh, a host of more than 100,000 voters who anchor uh, into a, a common consensus position on issues that allow uh, my firm here in Tallahassee to go to key legislators before a bill is even filed and say, here's what the boating industry really believes. Here's the uh, expert input from those who are on the water. By doing that, we've been able to influence the initial drafts of the two bills that are filed, one of which in the House uh, side is called HB 7043. Uh, it's sponsored by a committee and by who's chair, which is chaired by Representative Holly Rushine from the Florida Keys, who very much identifies with our issues. On the Senate side, it's a bill uh, called SB 1338, um, filed by a newly elected Senator, Lauren Book. Uh, We engage in conversations with each of them and all of the members of the committees before these bills were even filed. The nature of those bills, therefore, uh, initially, have been somewhat favorable to all of our interests. They do have some setbacks, but they are based upon some reasonable compromises. For example, um, a requirement that you set back um, at least 150 feet from marinas, 150 feet from um, uh, from boat ramps and launching facilities, uh, and uh, one recommendation by the FWC that requires uh, prohibits anchoring within a certain distance around established mooring fields. Now that particular setback initially was set at 300, uh, which we believe is. Uh, a bit too long, and we're working on amendments to shorten that distance. Um, The position that we as a community have taken is that it's reasonable for safety purposes to uh, implement a uh, a setback buffer around mooring fields, but we believe that it should be shorter uh, along the lines of uh, what's used at uh, well-established mooring fields such as Bukey Harbor in Marathon. Uh, so I think we're we're headed towards reducing that 300 to 100. So there are some setbacks, but the biggest issue is preventing uh, any, either of these bills from including the provisions that have been promoted in the past by residential uh, development and property owners, which would require that you not anchor within several hundred feet of any residential waterfront property. So far, we've been able to keep that completely out of the bill. Uh, These bills also have provisions in them regarding derelict vessels, which give the FWC officers more authority to uh, give notice and then remove derelict vessels. It also includes provisions adopted from um, piloted uh, ordinances in the Florida Keys, which require uh, those who are anchored for extended periods of time to be able to uh, uh, prove that they have had a pump out within a reasonable period of time when requested. Uh, those are the major provisions in those bills uh, as we speak, and uh, those bills uh, now go through a three-tiered committee process, meaning they'll have a hearing in each of three committees in both the House and the Senate before they make it to the full floor for final passage. And uh, our goals going forward are 
uh, to continue to work with each member and make sure that those bills stay clean and stay consistent with the interests of loopers, MTOA members, and SSCA members, and all voters who anchor. Jerry, I believe the uh, the bills follow very closely, if not exactly, um, the FWC recommendations. Um, and really the only thing that I believe our coalition is really trying to make adjustments to is that setback you mentioned from mooring fields. Did the FWC give a reason for the 300 feet from the mooring fields? In their initial testimony, what they said is they collected input from a host of local governments um, and from some boaters, and they came up with that 300 feet as a consensus uh, position. Now, remember that typically when a government agency seeks input uh, from the public, the vast majority of the input that they get is from other government entities. Uh, those of us who are out on the waters are maybe not quite as connected to government as other governments are. And so I believe that that number tends to be a little bit skewed towards uh, a loud chorus of somewhat anti-anchoring voices from uh, municipalities in the Lower East Coast, which, quite frankly, uh, tend to be not quite as friendly to anchoring vessels uh, as the rest of us are. And as Jerry mentioned, um, we are, through him, working uh, to make our opinion on that known and, and understood among the um, committees there. So we're going to take a brief break to play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we will talk a little bit more about the next steps in the legislative process, as well as how listeners and members of these associations can get involved and help with the effort. So we'll be back in a moment. Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by Skipper Bob Guides? Its mile-by-mile -mile format is a great planning tool and essential at the helm. On the most popular routes and side trips, Skipper Bob covers preparation, navigation, bridges and locks, and the best places to visit. Skipper Bob Guides are updated each year, and its website keeps you current with navigation alerts and cruising news. To check it out, go to skipperbob.net. Skipper Bob is a proud Admiral Sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guests today are Jerry Paul with Capital Access. Jerry is the lobbyist that we have retained. The Recreational Boating Industry uh, Association's coalition that has formed has retained him to represent us in Florida on the anchoring issues. And Mike Bowden, who is um, one of the public advocacy chairs, I believe of, I have that right, Mike, of uh, the Marine yep. Trawler Owners Association. Yep. So jumping back into it, uh, Jerry, you mentioned that the bills would be working their way through some committees. Uh, tell us a little bit more about how that process works from here. Well, first of all, the typically the chair of those committees will convene a somewhat small group meeting of lobbyists or those who represent broader, diverse interests. Uh, Representative Holly Rasheen has recently done that, uh, that is to say last week, and had all of us sit around a table and look at the bill and the provisions and say, hey, what are the provisions that you're comfortable or uncomfortable with? We did that, and uh, as you alluded to earlier, the 300-foot setback around mooring fields was the, position, was the issue that we took some issue with, and we're currently in the process of trying to work out a compromise, uh, we are now joined with uh, the city of Marathon uh, in a compromise 
uh, seeking to have that reduced from 300 to 100 feet. And so that's an example of how the negotiations work as you approach these committee hearings. Uh, once that stage is done, then each of those three committees will schedule the bill for a hearing, and it's at that time that if there are still provisions that are adverse to our interests, we may very well want to uh, engage in a host of communications from our voting members, uh, and that can come in the form of emails um, that we would coordinate, um, providing messages and talking points, uh, and email addresses to key members of the committees, and then also in-person testimony. So there are times when we bring uh, legions of voters to Tallahassee to stand at a podium in a committee hearing room and show the elected members from around the state just how broad and diverse the host of voters are uh, that support our uh, uh, positions. So that's all coming forward over the next 52 days remaining in the uh, 2017 legislative session. And as that takes place uh, through the good offices of Mike, who is leading the, um, the committee, uh, he'll provide that information along with Kim and SSCA to all of the members. And um, I know AGLCI have been very appreciative of some members who have stepped up, and um, I've kind of got a list running if the time comes for some of us to travel to Tallahassee to testify. Uh, Mike, how is that effort going with MTOA? I'm sure you've also uh, received a lot of engagement in the issue. We have. Um, I think we probably have about 20 to 30 uh, out of MTOA that have volunteered if it's required. I don't know if that many is required on that. But I'd, I'd like to just jump back a second here. And um, Jerry was talking about the bills and such like this. We do have the, uh, the bill review committee, Kim, which you're a member on. So mm -hmm. we have input then from the SSCA, AGL, uh, CA, MTOA, DFF, and um, Fever, and Standing Watch from their particular view of whatever's coming up on that, which is organized, and then we send that right up to Jerry. He's got that up there, so he knows that status of all of the different voting organizations for a very finite point presentation to the legislation. So I think with the uh, bill review committee, we've really uh, established a, a way of handling a lot of misinformation to a point of actual information going on up to them to follow through on. And I think that was very important. As far as participation on committee hearings, um, the call went out. You had some very, very positive responses from AGL, uh, CA, uh, very, very positive. And we were talking about even putting a bird on some type of a dowel so that when we sit, uh, as we're waiting to go up there, uh, the, the committee can see all the different virtues in the room as representation of the voters. And we'll have some that will be uh, observers, and we'll have other be participants as far as specific items that they'd like to discuss then with that particular committee. So I think it's getting it's pretty well organized. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely agree with that, Mike. And I really want to commend both of you um, for that organized effort. Um, I really do think that it's a big task to try and get this many associations who represent this many voters all on the same page. And um, you know, I think it was if 
speaks to how well you've organized this, that it was pretty easy to reach consensus on the provisions of the bill. And there was really only the one that we felt like we needed to try and, and make some changes to. Uh, so it has been a great effort and we appreciate that. And I've been very um, proud of the boating community as a whole for stepping up on this um, because I do think it's making a big difference. Um, Jerry, really, what are your expectations, if you have any at this point, of where this bill is going to go? Do you feel like it will probably um, pass without additional anchoring restrictions being added to it somewhere along the way? Well, I'm, I'm quite confident that there will be efforts uh, by others to file amendments to these bills at the committee spots, um, uh, amendments that would insert provisions that are adverse to our interests. Uh, I've watched this year after year, and we know who those uh, particular interest groups are, and they always show up, and they always file amendments, and they always seek uh, these rather draconian setback provisions, particularly those that would uh, ban anchoring within a certain distance of any residential property. Uh, another example is, uh, well, there's a host of local governments, particularly in the Lower East Coast, um, Miami Beach, uh, Fort Lauderdale, others, that typically seek local control to be able to establish their own ordinances, banning anchoring uh, in part or in whole. And so it's those types of efforts that you have to monitor, track, and be prepared to de defend against. And the organizational efforts of Mike and, and you, Kim, and, and others with the Bill Review Committee and the communication efforts, th those are the things that really make a difference in our advocacy here because I can count on uh, an active group of voters to speak up uh, through emails or at, at the appropriate time, of course, but also to show up. Uh, and make a visual presence uh, in the past when we've done this. It's just a wonderful display to have uh, a committee room filled with voters who really know what they're talking about, all wearing uh, buttons that we have prepared that say, uh, preserve our maritime uh, heritage to anchor in Florida, say no to anchoring bands. Uh, and throughout the Capitol, people see the voters uh, visually displaying that message, and they see them in these committee hearings and it sends a very strong, strong message to these legislators, uh, many of whom, quite frankly, don't come from voting communities. But it, it shows them that there is an entire world of voters out there who rely and depend upon and enjoy the public waterways of the state of Florida. Well, and Jerry, one of the, the pieces of feedback I've gotten from our members um, is that I, I guess when we put out the call for help, with contributions to try and fund this effort for this legislative season. Um, one of the pieces of feedback we got was that a concern that this was going to come up year after year with the competing interests trying to get things adjusted or changed. What's your thought on that? Is this the year where, you know, something final is going to happen or do you expect us to be facing um, another hurdle down the road? Well, as they say, no, uh, you know, uh, no, no man's wallet nor his freedom are safe when the legislature's in session. <laughs> and, you know, it's, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, and uh, nothing is truly final. I will say, however, that, that this year we are coming uh, to the close of the uh, statewide mooring and anchoring pilot program, which began in 2009, and uh, putting a strong stamp um, in legislation as the 
recognized conclusions from that study give us a tremendous uh, uh, solid platform. That's not to say that there won't be efforts year after year to seek carve-outs. Um, I've seen this since the early 90s here in the legislative uh, session. As the culture of Florida continues to change, as its demographics change, as more people move from up north uh, d- down here, uh, which is wonderful, uh, but they, they bring with them a, a different perspective. And so that that um, uh, disconnect, if you will, between other cultures and our Florida maritime culture will continue uh, to evolve, and there'll always be a need to be vigilant, at least. Not, there may not always be a need to have the level of lobbying effort that we have this year or two years ago when, when uh, we defeated the previous legislation, but there'll always be a need to be vigilant. Thank you for your thoughts on that, Jerry. That's really helpful. Um, if you are looking for more information on this, you can stay up to date with anything that we're putting out, um, whether you're a member of AGLCA or not, by going to greatloop.org anchoring. And we update there um, as more information becomes available, so you can follow along there. And when we need some assistance with voters in Tallahassee, we'll certainly make that known there as well. Um, Mike, what's the best place for people to go through MTOA for additional information? Well, it would just be the uh, MTOA uh, website, Kim. Uh, and that Kim, is MTOA I dot? A, dot? I believe it's org. Okay. I believe it's org. I'm not sure. I don't have that in front of me. Um, okay. I'd like to just quickly uh, make a comment here that um, uh, the testimonial uh, by our organization is really uh, to, to inform the legislators the true events because a lot of the waterfront people come up and they'll issue testimonial and they'll actually say that they've seen boaters dump the sewage in the water, they carry on loud parties, uh, they invade their privacy, uh, they swim in their pools, uh, they watch their big screen TVs with binoculars. I mean, it just goes on and on. And some of these legislators, they, they have no idea what a mooring field is, but they listen to this. And if we're not there to, to rebuff that, uh, they they accept that as as a truism, and it's it's a problem. And there's uh, quite a few other lobbyists from the various cities, as well as the uh, Condominium Association of Fort Lauderdale uh, and the City League, uh, Florida League of Cities, that um, just are outright for carve-outs. So if we don't have an equal amount of force on on our side to to bring some truism into this legislation, I mean uh, these people will run right over us. And I'm so well, Mike, so happy Mike that Jerry great, is there. Yeah, but Mike makes a great point, and uh, and quite frankly, some of the some of the best things that we can do is to self police and and to be good stewards of these resources while we're accessing them ourselves. And certainly, the conduct that uh, Mike referred to is not typical of uh, the types of people and voters who tend to be members of AGLCA or MTOA or SSCA. Uh, but it's important for us to be ambassadors, to be leaders out there on the water. And we were talking with people uh, at anchorages, at moorings, uh, and in the marinas, and communicate among our own family the importance of maintaining our own good conduct and staying in character uh, to avoid scenarios where legislators have these anecdotal examples that can be used against us. Excellent points from both of you. Yeah, thank you both so much for joining us today. We are just about out of time, so we're going to hold it there. Um, And I actually did uh, 
check the MTOA website is mtoa.net. So if anybody's looking .net. for information through them, you. you can arrive at it there. Um, Mike Bowden, one of the um, public advocacy chairs of MTOA, Jerry Paul with Capital Access, who is the lobbyist representing these voting um, associations in Tallahassee. Thank you both for your time and for the information. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate it. Thank you. We will be. You're very welcome. Thank you. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>